When I'm not hosting this podcast, I am writing books, but it is really hard for me to write when I'm at home, so I like to find remote cabins in the middle of nowhere to just hang out and write. But I hate the idea of my house just sitting empty, doing nothing but collecting dust and definitely not collecting checks. And that's why I'm an Airbnb host. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. Other popular side hustles are awesome too, don't get me wrong, but they often involve big startup costs. By hosting your space, you're monetizing what you already have access to. It doesn't get easier than that. And if you're new to the side hustle game and you're anxious about getting started, don't worry because you're not in this alone. Airbnb makes it super easy to host. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth a lot more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, are you ready for some money rehab? Wall Street has been completely upended by an unlikely player, GameStop. And should I have a 401k? But you don't never... do it? No, I never. Girl! Do you think the whole world revolves around you and your money? Well, it doesn't. Charge for wasting our time. I will take a check. Like a old school You recognize her from anchoring on CNN, CNBC, and Bloomberg. The only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand, Nicole Lappin. Today, one of our producers is instigating a money rehab intervention for a friend. So, Mike, producer Mike, why did you think your pal Mike, let's call him intervention-y Mike, not sure if that's a word, but we're going with it, needed said intervention? So, uh, my friend Mike McLaughlin otherwise known as McGlock. Um, we've joked on this show before about the uh, the real Wall Street bets, which is the group chat that exists amongst my friends. Oh, hold on. It's bets with a Z. Well, bets with a Z, right. Just <laughs> because be it's clear. fun. Okay, yeah. Right. <laughs> so when I, when I first started working on the show, that was my extent of like financial knowledge. It was, it was me talking to my friends about what we knew about finance and the stock market and all that stuff. And... As it turns out, after working with you for almost a year now, we were wrong about a lot of things. Um, And (laughs) Mike (laughs) McGlock has been kind of the ringleader on on that because Mike is uh, he's sort of the the senior of our friend group and he has had sort of the most life experience. And I would also argue he's taken the most chances with his money. We're very tight. I know a lot about Mike's life and I think Mike is really a, like, just like a lot of our friends, is sort of a home run hitter with his finances. And he takes a lot of chances. And I think that a lot of our friends try to make 50 cents into a million dollars. I just think overall, Mike is in a place right now where like finding a real level of stability and consistency is super important as opposed to like, you know, hey, Nicole, help me make a million dollars like right now. I think that like teaching people and starting with somebody like Mike, who obviously has a, a level of financial literacy. I've done it before. <laughs> I know. And that's the thing. So it, it ebbs and flows. And have I said anything wrong? No. <laughs> Everything's probably been correct. <laughs> so, Mike, producer Mike, you want me to money rehab the real Wall Street bets with a Z. Yeah, I, I think I think Mike is in a place where he finally, you know, he has he has some ideas of what he wants to do with sort of like the, the money that he has right now. And I think that, you know, I just want my friends to sort of think through 
some of their and Mike does. I don't want to make it sound like Mike is like not smart or or like that he's thoughtless or anything like that. No, but, it's cool. Keep going. <laughs> Can I clarify this group chat? How yeah. it happened? All yeah. right. So this is what this is what happened. Pandemic hit, right? I'd worked in finance before as an executive assistant, but whatever. I was there <laughs> for like three years. Counts. So I had a little bit of like, you know, literacy with it. They gave us all this free money. The government, you know, and I didn't need it. The so stimulus said, check? The stimulus check. Uh-huh. Yep. And then I got my job. I got furloughed from my position in Manhattan. So I got a nice something from them and then something from the government. And then it's I decided like, well, the market sounds so low. Some of these these tech growth companies got to move up. And uh, I took long calls like six to 12 months out way outside the money. And almost all of them hit in those first that first year. At the peak of it, my friends caught wind of it because I was telling them. So they started a group chat. And it had about yes. five of us on there. The moment that group chat started, dude, I knew it was over. Yeah. Was like, <laughs> the moment everyone's like sending in this, sending in that, I was like, it's over. Okay, but how much money are we talking about? To us working class, fo- not that much. You know, we're talking like around just under six figures. But in, you know, a few months from going where we're from, it was like, it was pretty intense. But then I ended up losing at least half of it the next year. So how? Well, I took out a bunch and I paid off a bunch of debts. And then I bought a car and then I traveled around the country <laughs> and then, and then I just kept letting it ride with these guys. And then every, every single thing we did, we just kept losing and losing and losing <laughs> and just losing and losing worse. And then I just took, took out the measly, you know, 10, 15 grand at the end. Like, all right, well, you know, we did it. We, I made well more than what I make it a year in stock options. And I took that out and then I had to pay the government. That was nice. So Okay, so you guys have created kind of a knockoff the Reddit group. Pretty much, yeah. Very much so, yeah. Yeah. And your name has to be Mike in order to join. And you have to be from Jersey. And you have to, in the end, you have to lose money. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) So you guys have a group chat. You throw out wild sort of get rich quick trading tips to each other mm-hmm. yeah. and some of you partake and some of you don't and these tips or these ideas don't need to be verified you could have heard them like verified from who <laughs> verified mike like through actual fundamentals of companies no, there i don't you go. know yeah yeah we, we don't do, do that, that nicole i <laughs> I hit on Macy's. I'll tell you that. (laughs) So there's an addiction, it sounds like, to getting rich quick, to somehow you're going to find lightning in a stock call option bottle and you are going to have all of your dreams come true in one fell swoop. That's the goal. I guess that. Yeah, that sounds kind of ridiculous when you say it like that, but because the goal really isn't like I, I know like that you're not going to be any happier, even if that were to happen, but it will, I don't know, alleviate the misery that like, you know, having no money has. So I don't really, yeah, I guess that it kind of sounds ridiculous <laughs> when you, when you say it like that, that I'm just trying to shoot a bet to make a ton of money. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not well thought out. I don't think. Well, there's an old adage in wall street dad jokes <laughs> that goes something like the easiest, fastest way to double your money is to, 
folded in half. (laughs) (laughs) And barring that, you have a lot of too good to be true, get rich quick books and tips and perhaps even group threads that go on. Hope and promising something that, you know, requires some sort of luck or and the, the insider knowledge that's going to, you know, turn 50 cents into a million dollars. First time I've ever heard that. Um, it's just not possible. It's just and even if it is possible, uh, like you heard an anecdote for somebody who somehow did turn 50 cents into a million dollars, or even if you turned your stimulus check into some money that you then lost and paid taxes on, um, and you want that to happen again, it's really, really unlikely. And I know you guys aren't big fans of, like, actual fundamentals and charts and things, but If you do look at the probabilities, it's just not on your side. That's the reality. It's like, you know, going to Vegas. And I hate the gambling analogies with Wall Street because I think there's actually a way to be a long-term investor that has no analogy or no similarity to Vegas and crazy gambling because It is well thought out. There's a difference, though, between trading and investing. So what you guys are seem to be into is trading, day trading even. Uh, Yes. Yeah. To piggyback what you just said about the the gambling analogy, I mean, this group text long ago stopped with the finance stuff. Now we just make fun of each other. (laughs) But in the last three weeks, it's become sports betting. Because it's all got legal in New York and everyone's right. like putting up their bets and stuff like that. So the gambling, it, that's exactly the, the emotion we are doing. We are just trying to have fun and gamble, but with money that we probably should be looking to build wealth with. Hold on to your wallets, boys and girls. Money Rehab will be right back. Do you ever get FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, do you ever get FOMO Tupita, fear of missing out on the perfect hire? If so, I have the antidote. It's LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites, and that adds up to a serious squad of awesome candidates. LinkedIn has over a billion professionals on the platform, and these candidates are super qualified. So much so that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. I work with LinkedIn Jobs for all of my dream team needs, so they're hooking up money rehabbers at linkedin.com slash MNN. Go there and you can post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash MNN, as in Money News Network, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Money rehabbers, you have money hidden in your house. Yeah, just hiding there in plain sight. Okay, so I don't mean you have gold bars hidden somewhere in walls, treasure map style, but you do have a money-making opportunity that you're just leaving on the table if you're not hosting on Airbnb. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. By hosting your space, you are monetizing what you already own. It doesn't get easier than that. For me, hosting on Airbnb has always been a no-brainer. When I first signed up, I remember thinking to myself, self, you pay a lot of money for your house. 
it is time that house returned the favor. And to get real with you for a sec, I felt so much guilt before treating myself on vacation because traveling can be so expensive. But since hosting on Airbnb, I feel zero stress for treating myself to a much needed vacation because having Airbnb guests stay at my house when I'm traveling helps offset the cost of my travel. So it's such a win-win. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now for some more money rehab. Okay, so I am not the fun police at all. I really am not. And if you do want to have fun and have, you know, a group thread that all is all about gambling and all about risky stuff, whatever, cool. But make sure that that is with fun money and that's not with your rent money, right? Because growing long-term wealth is actually not super fun and sexy. And like, if you want fun and sexy, go on Tinder. Uh, otherwise, your wealth and growing it, I think really it's boring and I kind of like it boring because it means that my money is still there and it means that I can sleep. Now, if you want to take 1% of your net worth, if you get to a place where, well, first of all, do you have an emergency fund? Uh, no. Do you know what an emergency <laughs> I mean, fund is? Not really, no. So like three to six months, six to nine months of savings in the bank. So like if you lost, you have a job now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do have that. I do have that, though, but like it would be probably five months would be as much as I could make it. Yeah. Okay. And then after that, are there tax advantage accounts that you have? Uh, I have a 401k that I could take okay. stuff out of. So we have no, 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 well. no, no. We're not taking what? stuff out of it. I'm just like trying to get an overall picture of what's happening. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah. I would say. So your assets I'm, beyond that are what? I'd say I need to be here. Sorry. <laughs> cool. You're in the right place. First step to any recovery is admitting you have a problem. We're only as sick as our secrets, Mike's. Um, so you have a 401k, you have five ish months of savings in the bank or in the market uh in the market but off like not in play just in cash and then some like in, in your schwab account or something yeah yeah chilling and then, yeah and then some in checking and savings i see and then beyond that there's no ira there's no like no i own a car portfolio of mutual funds and index funds no. Mm. Are you guys allergic to index funds? I mean, I used to have like Vanguard and that was nice and it would grow like some sort of like, you know, it was like a mutual fund that would grow all the time. And uh, I got I sold that during during this to play uh, with it. Of course. Uh, <laughs> options trade. <laughs> that became Macy's options. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so when you were looking at your Vanguard slow and steady, but growing mutual funds that included S&P 500 index funds that tracked the market, you were like... Boring. <laughs> okay, I see. But it was still growing at a, you know, inflation-adjusted seven trusty percent. Probably even more than that, yeah. Okay, so you lost the five grand, and then you put more, you know, what, five more grand in... No, I never added in after that. I Everything... Had- had gone off that initial investment from um 
into the Robinhood account that I had from from the uh, including the your stimulus checks and my little severance package and all that went in there. And then during the next year is when I sold out. I had um, uh, Fidelity, so I sold that and then moved it to Robinhood and lost some there. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to move more to like more stable, growing. And I'll have my fun stuff on the side. If I want to sports gamble or if I want to run options, here's a few, you know, here's yes. $500 a month. I get to have fun. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you know what to do. You just don't want to do it. Yeah. 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 yeah I see. <laughs> and, and why do you think you don't want to do it? Honestly, I think what I'm suffering from this 2021 is because I lost so much. And I'm like, damn, I want to catch and you it wanna back. you want to get back. I wanna, like, I want to, yeah. I'm da- I feel like I'm, it's the end of the night. And I'm playing blackjack and I'm down three grand. I'm like, oh, I want to get this. So like the whole second half of the year, I was like, oh, I'll buy this option. I'll buy trying to get back those losses. So, and now I've sort of realized that it's kind of just, I got lucky. To be honest, I just got lucky and I have to realize that I I really don't have like an exceptional talent for choosing different options. It's I kind of just got lucky and I need to like curb it and go with more like sound stuff and have my fun like on the side. So hold on. When you are trying to get the money back and the losses back, you mean paper losses? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I see. So this is you're mourning your paper losses. Yeah. You didn't even realize these losses no you just saw your options or whatever go up on the screen and that's what you're trying to get back you're not trying to get back like the gold bars that you actually saw in your own personal vault that are now missing yeah there was no like labor that got i didn't like work for this money and then lose it you know and you didn't even materialize it and well i did take i did still take out i think i ended up net profit like thirty-eight thousand, something like that right so like in, the, in the end of so that's actually the only days that matter when you're investing or trading in this case uh the day you bought and the day you sold and all the other shit is noise and it can clearly cause an emotional toll on you if you're looking and refreshing nonstop. but that's not real there's no I mean, there's no real Wall Street bets in the non-reality of paper losses. There's nothing. There's nothing real about that. So other than the agony, <laughs> I was trying to do a pun, and I, thought, I was like, I'm not working right now. So there's something there. We'll figure it out. We'll fix it in post. Um, but there's there's nothing real that you're actually mourning. You actually made money, Mike. Yeah. Interventiony, Mike. Thank you. So can we let it go? Yeah. Like you're not a guy who walked into on to the blackjack tables and put down a hundred bucks and lost that hundred bucks. You're a guy who went to the tables and put down a hundred bucks and left with 150 bucks, even though at one point in the night you're up to a thousand bucks and you're upset. Exactly. So I think I can let it go and the thing is now it's like it's a year later since the high point. I have a nice job. I, I, I'm happier now, even though a year ago I was up. Mazel tov. 60, 70, you know, so I'm sort of realizing like, like I don't, I don't need to keep chasing it, but I do, but I, I bought options this morning 
because I'm afraid. I'm, all right, Mike. <laughs> I bought some options this morning. Just nothing. Just a couple hundred bucks. Fun money, right? <laughs> and I because I don't want to miss. Because I have FOMO if I miss on the ones that I've been thinking are going to return. And um, you, you know what I mean? You don't want to miss out on the party in, in, in a way. Like I don't want all oh, that stock I was going to buy at $6. And then in two months, it's $17. And I'm like, oh, I could have uh, got in there. So, you know, maybe, yeah. I Maybe I just got to like let it all go. Full stop. Yes. Yes. Yes, you do. Uh, because what is your normal job? Uh, right now... I had a job in the city, but I lost that during the pandemic. So now I'm actually like managing a restaurant right now and okay. bartending. So when you're when you're watching these stocks, you're not doing this full time, right? No. You're not like a you know, quant high frequency trader in his basement, whatever, watching like little baby blips and try to find some arbitrage there. No. Exactly. I watch their YouTube clips. That's like, so I, I watch those guys' YouTube clips and then I go off of that kind of thing. Gotcha. It is so freaking hard, guys, to beat the market. It's hard.com. It's it really is. We know. We we lose a lot. <laughs> Actually getting more returns than what you're gonna see in the market. And when people talk about the market, you know this. Mike intervention yeah. Mike from being the executive assistant on Wall Street. That <laughs> the market is basically, you know, the S&P 500. So just, you know, we can have that grow. We love some compound interest. So just, you know, the 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 money that you're saving now, the $1,400, $1,500, that is my suggestion for where you do it. And my suggestion is also to participate in the real Wall Street bets. Like, I don't want to be Debbie Downer. I don't want, like, my photo to go up on the real Wall Street bets thread with like an arrow in my head or like an X across my face. Like this is not my goal. Uh, but can you take like a nominal amount, like a hundred bucks a week even, and put it in your Robinhood account and play with it? Yes. Yeah. Mess around. But the I think you need to change your mindset from a place of this is where I'm going to grow wealth to a place of like, this is where I have fun. And if it does well, cool. Like, but also if it doesn't, I can afford to lose this money. Yeah. I mean, I, that's kind of what I want to do. But I what I tend to what I tend to do and I'm not doing it now, but I like, oh, man, I could be like. I hit on that. What if I had, what if I had, instead of putting a hundred, I put 2000, then I, you know, I have to like, I think I just got to fight that mental, what that, that idea. Like if it does hit, oh, I could have made so much more. And like this weird feeling of like not being a part, not, not making as much as I possibly could. It's like, it's a greed, I guess. I'm definitely not saying this in a, um, patronizing way. I am a huge, huge fan. Obviously, all my books are 12-step plans. Do you feel like there is something more here, like an addiction to... Gam there is a Gamblers Anonymous, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm like... I don't... I don't know. I did, I did play poker for years, like, throughout the world, like in Europe and Australia. I, I, and I, I made a living at that for a while. <laughs> I did forget about that. Was that was when I was in my early mid-20s. I mean, yeah, gambling and not having a total respect for money is definitely a part of me. And, But I've never thought I've ever had an issue with it, like that it ever affected my life ever negatively. It just holds me back maybe from actually gaining more like real wealth, you know, because every time I have a bunch, I kind of think, oh, let's go to Vegas. Let's go here. Let's go have fun. 
So yeah, maybe there is there could be something aligned there. But I never I there's always like I always know like ten, fifteen other people that are just a mess with it, and I, I always know when to like cut it off. You know, I've never been, you know. Yeah, I think that's life in shambles or anything. Well, that's like sometimes the misconception um, that you have to get your life to a place of homelessness to have a problem. And and I think that oftentimes there is an excuse that you can afford it. So it's not a problem. I mean, that 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 is not true. Uh, And I think that there's. There's actually it sounds to me like there is a fixation around uh, this FOMO that, you know, like could actually uh, benefit from getting to the source and like working through some of that and sort of letting it go so that you can focus on some of those other things. Like truly there my suggestion. And again, this is not. Um, this is intended from the kindest place, um, is to check out one of my favorite apps. And I've talked about this before is called in the rooms, which is just something you can download and you can look at like different meetings. I like going to meetings when I feel like I'm having a shitty time and it's just a bunch of people talking about stuff like this. You don't, you know, investigate it. If you'd like, take it. The interest in, in the, the, the risk taking. The excitement of it is there. So you have a point about the thing looking at meetings. I think actually that wouldn't be a bad thing. I don't actually think I have an issue because many times I've just not gambled or done any of this for years, like three, four years go by. I don't even go. It's just, but when I get into it, I kind of get into it. And um, that's the truth. Yeah, it is. For today's tip, you can take straight to the bank. A friend that you talk to about money isn't automatically an accountability buddy. Like Intervention Mike says, even though he's found a group of friends he's comfortable talking to money about, which is a good thing, those friends also give him validation when he makes risky investment decisions, which is not so good. You need to make sure that you have an actual accountability buddy like Producer Mike. Someone who will raise their hand when they feel like you're doing something that's going to hurt your financial life in the long run and get your ass on money rehab when you need it. is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Nicole Lappin. Our producers are Morgan Lavoie and Mike Coscarelli. Executive producers are Nikki Etor and Will Pearson. Our mascots are Penny and Mimsy. Huge thanks to OG Money Rehab team Michelle Lands for her development work, Catherine Law for her production and writing magic, and Brandon Dickert for his editing, engineering, and sound design. And as always, thanks to you for finally investing in yourself so that you can get it together and get it all. You spend my money.